Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So, um, this evening, what we're going to talk about is sonship. Um, I'm going to kind of scoot around a couple of different places in that, um, but that's going to be the main focus for us. So when I say sonship, I'm not talking about just the boys, the girls. Sonship in biblical terms is the word we're really using is inheritor, one with an inheritance. So it's whoever you are. Have an inheritance. That's what we're. That's what I'm saying. If I use the word sonship, um, it's somebody with an inheritance. So there's two points that I want to that I want to kind of just go into. Um, but like my dad said before, we we spent three years in South Africa. Um, I've always been really privileged to have a really great family. I've had fatherhood modelled to me really well. Um, but sometimes regardless of that, regardless of how well it's been modelled or how poorly it's been modelled for so many, um, it's a massive, massive issue um, for almost everyone. Issues surrounding fatherhood and fathers. It's a global epidemic of chaos, <laughs> really, um, for so, so many people that really shapes us in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and one of the primary ways that we're shaped is through our view and our understanding of, of our earthly fathers. And that will always, always translate over into how you relate to God. It will always be the primary thing that shapes your view of him, of how he sees you, of how he feels about you, of everything will be the way that you relate to God as your father. Which is oftentimes why we love to talk about Jesus. Because it's much easier for us to talk about Jesus to be honest, because he's the, he's the brother, he's the friend, he's the one that comes. He, when you picture Jesus, you see him walking along one of them paths with some disciples, with some buddies, sharing good food, sharing laughs, having a good time. We can do that with one another. We focus on discipleship, but the idea of sonship is very hard, very, very hard to think about for a lot of us. So... So yeah, for me, I, I had a, I have had a great father. I've had a grand old time, but I still managed to f- get into all sorts of different. Never anything absolutely chaotic is going to ruin your life. Technically, well, you, some may argue how far down the road you go, but at the end of the day, there was nothing totally catastrophic that was going to lead me to, you know, drive off a cliff and die somewhere. But there was a lot of stuff, there were a lot of behaviours, a lot of things that were leading to a lot of pain in my life that I'm not going to go into, but I know that each of us suffers with something or another. You're, at any point in your life, you'll have something or another. You're, either you'll have extreme performance, extremes kind of going for, I want to do this, I want to be a great Christian, I want to do this thing, or you'll go the total opposite, I want to rebel and I want to do this, that and the other. And you can do either of those things. But what I want to talk to you about is the importance of 
God is your father. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it as short as I can. I want to try and keep it around sort of 20 minutes or so. So the two points that I want to, to, to bring out for you um, in terms of the picture of, of, of this picture of sonship is whether or not we can believe that we're accepted by God and whether or not we can believe that we belong in the family of God. So the first thing is whether or not we can accept and acknowledge that through the work of Jesus that we can actually be accepted and made right with God and that we can be with him and not have to do anything else. Because I believe if, you are, if I speak to most Christians, I say, how's your walk with God going? Or they say, how to me, how's your walk with God going? And I'd say, and we all have this, this, this problem of like enough. So we say, oh, you know, I don't think I've been praying enough. I don't think I've been reading my Bible enough and I've not been doing such and such a thing enough. I've been missed a grow group a couple of times. I've not been doing, put whatever spiritual discipline or practice you want in, enough. We'll find one area that we're not doing it enough of. Yeah? And believe me, if you haven't ever had that worry or that concern, as we have a year dedicated to learning about prayer, this will come. <laughs> you will wind up asking yourself, am I praying enough? And it's very important very important for us to understand straight off the bat that actually Jesus is enough, that Jesus has done enough, that it's not going to have to be a thing that you ever have to say, I'm not doing this enough, so I'm missing him. Or there's the disconnect with him because I'm not doing this enough or I'm not doing this right. There's never, ever, ever going to be that because of what Jesus has done. If it was based on you, yeah. If it was based on your works and your righteousness, absolutely 100%. You have to pray more, you have to do this more, you have to do all of that more. Sadly, it still doesn't get you anywhere. If, you, if you're here tonight and you've had the best Christian life ever, great. If you're here tonight and you've absolutely nowhereville, you're not behind. That's the great picture of the gospel, you're not behind. It's the thing that Pharisees find really difficult to, to comprehend in the Bible, and the very religious people find very difficult, is you're not ahead actually it's very very beautiful that you're not behind anyway so I'm not going to like I say I'm not going to say that disciplines like prayer and stuff is not important that's what this whole year is, is about it's very important to have some spiritual disciplines but the, the, the most important thing in that is to understand the position that you're in when you do the discipline so you have to know the, the, the position that you have in order to do it yeah otherwise it gets all kind of funky so are you doing all of the stuff in order to get in with God, in order to step in to be with God, or are you doing it because you are in? Yeah? You've got to know that you are in to actually enjoy it. Otherwise, it's always going to be a chore. Right? So there's, so there's the two questions. Am I accepted and do I belong? A great, great book that we, we read when we were over there. He asked the question, do you live your life as if you have a home or as if you don't have a home? Great question. Um, do I, um, am I living as though I'm accepted by God or am I living as though I'm rejected? Am I living as though I do belong? And both of these things are directly, directly addressed by this, the matter of adoption by God. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So acceptance. Acceptance is the dream response to absolutely anything that's offered. If something is offered, what you want is acceptance. Right? What, uh, what we hate, what we fear, is rejection. 
One of our biggest fears is that we offer something and it's rejected, right? So you, we're stuck in a job that we don't like and we don't want to apply for another one because we're afraid we'll just have to go through the whole process of being rejected. You want to ask the girl to marry you, but you're scared because you'll be rejected. You, all of these things happen. We hate, we hate to feel rejected. So it's natural for us to project that onto God. It's very hard for us to approach God because we're afraid that we'll be rejected. Yeah? So we have to look to Jesus. In talking about being accepted, the Bible would speak about this, I believe, as righteousness. It's being made righteous. And righteousness is to be in right standing with God, to be able to be with him and not be con- like... <laughs> that you can just be with God. That's, that's what right standing, that's what being accepted by him is, right? I don't want to go into a lot of details about the Garden of Eden and the origin of sin and all of that stuff. But the fact, the fact of the matter is, take this for granted, we can never be righteous enough to be with God. Yeah? No amount of praying, no amount of reading the Bible, no, nothing, nothing that we can do is ever going to make us right to be with him, right? And that's not because he doesn't care about us or because he's absent. It's just a, it's just a fact of life. God is holy, God is righteous, and there's nothing that you can do in order to get yourself to be able to be with him, with, to get you right with him. We needed someone to come in, to step into that place in order that we could go, so that we could be with him. So understand this, that you've been made for fellowship and community with God. Yeah, it's not like God made you and then thought, oh, what, what shall I do with these guys now? We've actually been created to be with him. So any time that if you, if you don't know God, if you've spent time away from God, you'll know that when you're not with him, there's something not quite right in you. I'm totally aware of it, totally aware of it. Before I, before I really gave my life to God, I, I knew there's something not right in me. There's something that... there's. There's stuff going on in me that I can't understand. And when I came to him, when I laid my life down before him, when I accepted what Jesus has done, something kind of clicked, something shifted in me. And it's because we are are made, we're actually created with the sole purpose of being in fellowship and community with the Father. That's what we were made for, is to be in fellowship and community with the Father, which is hard for us to hear if we've had poor relationships with them. So, that, that, so as Dad said, this, at the start of this prayer, when, when Jesus started the, the Lord's prayer with them, the disciples' prayer, he said, Our Father, that's not normal. That's not normal. Well, throughout the Old Testament, that was, that you would not have gone around calling God your Father. No thumping way. Would you have, <laughs> would you have turned around and got, he's got some funky names. Like it, it was like Yahweh, but you couldn't actually say Yahweh because the name Yahweh was too holy to say. It's like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like you can't say it because it's too holy and now here's Jesus rocking up and saying our father so for us we hear it and go oh thank you father thank you it was like a rev- they, the disciples would have been like living statues like what the heck it's a miracle they even heard the rest of it to be honest because it would have been such a shocker to have heard our father for God this is one of those moments where they're like oh my goodness me who is this guy it's not normal. It was an outrage. It was a, it's like a revolution word. It's like, whoa, 
Whoa. Breaks religion. It breaks religion. All of the, the works mindset, all of the, if you look at the Pharisees and all of the rules and stuff they had to do in order to be able to be allowed into the temple and they had all sorts of rituals and funky stuff they had to do to be able to go into the Holy of Holies, all of that stuff. And here's him saying, Father, Father. Paul in, in Romans 8 says, says this, for all who are, Romans 8, 14, 16, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in a bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit which produces sonship, in which we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now this word, Abba, if you've been around church a while, you've probably heard it. Like my dad always says, it's not the Swedish, Swedish? Like funky, funky guys. <laughs> but it was, it's, it's barely even a word, actually. It's like papa. Like we've got a, my, my little niece, she's probably getting close now to, if she was, a, if she was Aramaic, <laughs> if she was from Bethlehem, she'd be saying abba, abba, papa, dada. It's that, that's the word. It's like, it's what a baby says. It's total, total reliance, total trust, total intimacy, total, if I don't say this, I, I will like die, basically. It's that, it's that level of I need you as a child needs you, as a baby needs you. If you're gone, I'm done. And when they say Abba, it's not just like a, you know, or you say, you know, if we, we're going to pray and we want to be more holy, it seems like we're, we're closer to God, we'll say like Abba. No, it's not like Abba, like a friend. It's like Abba. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a serious, I need you. If you're not here, I can't actually provide for myself. I will die. Realistically, it's what, it, it's what it's meaning. And then this, this line, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. I love this line. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Because I want to tell you about this for a, for a bit longer. But this is vital because what I'm trusting for and what I've been praying for is that the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of adoption that produces sonship will testify with your spirit that you are his child because that's the one that does it. Not me, not whoever's speaking. It's actually the Spirit of, of sonship, the Spirit of adoption will testify with your spirit that you are a child of God. And until that happens, everything else stays up here and it's never actually going to change your life. The spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship has to deeply touch your spirit in, a, in the way that only he can. In the way that only he can. It's actually, I, I don't like when Christianity becomes all about experience, but this is an experience that you have to have. Because it's an experience that actually brings deliverance, that brings a totally new way of life. That's what it's about. It's 100% what it's about. It's about having an experience with the Father that changes all of your perspective of what a father is, of, of whether or not they've been good, bad, ugly, chubby. It totally transforms everything. And it's the Spirit himself will testify. And that's my prayer for you tonight, that as I'm speaking, this will be some decent words, but that the Spirit himself will testify with your spirit that you're his child. That's the prayer. That's the hope. Every time we meet together. And, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to uh, reference now what Roscoe said before, the, the importance of the cross. Because when it comes to acceptance, when it comes to righteousness, the cross is vital 
It is, it is so important. This is the point at which we enter into our sonship. The cross is the point, the door at which you enter into sonship. Now, in Mark 14, 36, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, just before he gets arrested and he's eventually going to go on and, and die on the cross. And he, he prays this. He prays, Abba. In Mark's gospel, pretty cool, right? Abba. 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 Remember the, remember the importance of that word. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. So he's in, this, he's in this state of such anguish. In one of the other Gospels, it says that he had sweat like drops of blood. There's been studies done that when people are in extreme states of stress, extreme states of, of turmoil and stress, that you can actually sweat blood. So the fact that he's here now and he's crying out, if it's possible, if there's any other way, then I have to go on this cross now. And for years and years and years, I thought it was because he just kind of, you know, he got here, he did the stuff with the disciples, did all the miracles, and then thought... Oh, dying seems a bit tough. Dying, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's not, it, that's not the struggle, is that I have to die a horrible death, really. I mean, it's hard. It's not easy to know that you're going to be hung across one of the most brutal deaths, the most brutal death you could imagine. They, they, for all eternity, forever, right? However good your dad was, for all eternity, since they're beyond time itself, Imagine you've been in fellowship, you've been in community with the perfect father. You've never been separated. You've never been away from them. You've never been, you've never been rejected by them. You've never experienced any of that, ever. All you've had is perfect intimacy with the father for, your, for, for, for literally forever. And this is hard for us to understand because we've all experienced rejection. We've all experienced pain. We've all experienced all of these things. And while Jesus experienced some of that on earth, he had this relationship with the Father that we can not even fathom. And at this moment, he's saying, I don't want to be apart from you. I cannot imagine my life apart from my sonship. His sonship was that important to him that in that moment he was saying, God, if there's any other way that I don't even for a moment have to not experience my sonship with you, is there any other way? And then he says, you know what? Not my will, your will. I'm going to come back to, to the significance of this. So imagine a, imagine a house. Imagine a house. And inside is the Father and inside is the Son. And inside is the Holy Spirit. But keep it with the Father and the Son for this moment. Inside is the Father and the Son. And we're outside. And because of our, because of our state, because of the fact that we are naturally born unrighteous because of the things that we've done we alienate ourselves and the bible says that sin separates us from god so imagine that we we now can't get in a lot of us don't even really want to get in we're not even that we're not that fast or whatever the father and the son are inside are in there now and he and the son has to come out of relationship with the father the son has to come out of there to open the door so that you and I can actually enter in to there. So forever, this house has been filled in total, perfect community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They've been totally together for always. And at this moment in time, at the moment on the cross, Jesus steps out of there 
so that in terms of sonship, it's not some interesting thing. You just step in. You step back in, in the place of Jesus, in his sonship. So the sonship that he's always experienced is ours that we step into. So when, we, when you get baptized, when we enter into the resurrection life of Jesus in that moment, that's all sonship is. It's very, very basic stuff. But when you say our Father, it's saying I'm stepping in to Jesus' position in the Trinity, essentially. It's very significant, very, very significant that this perfect, perfect community and family that they've experienced for, forever, that you step into that. Ephesians 2.4, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, when we were outside, when we were, when we were cast aside, when we, when we were alone and dejected, when we were out there, dead in our trespasses, we were made alive, uh, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We now enter and we are in him. It's not that we are even really with him. We are in him. It's as, it's as if Jesus didn't just die for your sin. It's as if he died as you. So your old nature, your old self is actually gone. It's put to death. It's done away with entirely. That when you step into this new life, you're, you're actually a totally new creation. I'll cause you a new creation. Not a, not a slightly different version of you. You are a new creation entirely. That's what it's about. And it's hard for us to understand because we don't like that it's all a bit fruity and weird. But you're, you're now in Christ. You're in Christ. You've been made righteous. Nothing that we can do can ever make us righteous. This is, the, this is the only point I'm trying to make. You've been made righteous by what he did. You've been made righteous. You've been made acceptable to God. And now you can know that you're accepted. You can come here, you can come to church, you can know that you're accepted. I can know I'm accepted by God and that's fantastic. I'm made righteous. And you can, but you can feel accepted and still not feel as though you belong. So do you, feel, do you live as though you're accepted? Do you live as though you belong? Because acceptance is an immediate thing. You apply to the job, it gets, it gets accepted or rejected. It's immediate. It starts straight away. But you can start the job and you can feel as though you don't belong. You can go to church, you can get the message, go, wow, that's absolutely right. And then six months down the line, you leave because some people offended you and you got upset and you didn't like this, that or the other. And you felt as though you didn't belong. So this is, this is important now. This is very important for us to work through and get through because sonship is not just about being accepted and made righteous. It's about knowing that we belong there. So you can feel like, okay, I'm accepted, I'm made righteous, but I don't actually... That can't fully be for me because I don't belong here because I'm not as good as that guy. I'm not as good as that girl. I'm not, I'm not all of that. I've still got all of this baggage with me. Which is actually, the baggage isn't really there. You're a new creation, but another time. One of my biggest struggles recently has been to find friends. <laughs> Just so you know, probably my biggest struggle since arriving back in this country has been finding friends. I've got my best friend, my wife. Apart from that, it's really difficult, isn't it? Anybody get that? It's hard. It's flipping hard making friends. And it's something that actually really tears away at you. 
when you feel like you're not. And you can tell you, oh, it's not. It's, re- it's hard. It's really hard. Really hard. So Jesus comes to earth and he throws himself into this. He finds 12 guys. It's you, 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 you and you. You're going to come with me. And we're going to be friends. And you know what I love? I love doing this when I make friends with somebody. I tell them, you're my friend. We did that when we were kids, didn't we? When you were at primary school, we say, I like you, you're my friend. I don't know when that stopped being cool. <laughs> I don't know when that stops being acceptable, that you must now just know. Oh, oh I, think, I think I'm their friend. I tell, I tell my colleagues, you're my friend, man. I want to be your friend. And even if they don't want to, suck it. You're my friend. <laughs> John 15, 13 to 15. Greater love has, this is Jesus saying this to his, to his buddies. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And this, see what Jesus does? Like a little one. You are my friends. But he's a bit, he's a bit, he's a bit more God than childhood friends. So he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. <laughs> no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have learned from the Father, I have made known to you. How fantastic. What a picture of belonging. What a picture of knowing that you belong because you've been told. (laughs) You belong with me. We are friends. That's so significant. Wish more people did it. So he said this to his buddies. He says, you're my friends. You're not, you're not just my servants. We're not just doing this because for whatever reason. You're not slaves. You're, not, you're my friends. So look ahead from here then, back again to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Where's his focus? In, I mentioned before, spiritual slavery to spiritual sonship. Um, there's a really amazing thing that he says, I hope I have it written down here. I don't. In this, in this book he says that we, the, the ultimate goal of being a Christian is that we become more like Jesus. Yeah? We all, that's, all, that's what we want. We want to be more like Jesus. But to become more like Jesus, you don't, we don't just have to focus on Jesus and the life. That he, we have to focus on the things that Jesus focused on. How cool is that? You know what I mean? You don't just look at Jesus and go, oh, Jesus, Jesus, think about Jesus. No, you look at what Jesus looked at and thought about and made important to him and you focus on that stuff. Because Jesus was the perfect son, the ultimate son, living a life of sonship and he made certain things important to himself that we have to make important to ourselves. So here he says, Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So let me propose to you this idea then. That the goal, the main aim, is to draw us to the Father. He wants us to live a life of sonship. That's his, that's his hope, it's his goal. So he'll step out of the place of eternal relationship with the Father, just briefly, mind you. He'll step out of that place so that we can step back in, in his place. He steps out of there so that we can step back in. And from there, you go from being a slave, being a servant. You move from just being a friend, from knowing what he's up to, to actually living 
as him, living in Christ as a son. Abraham, was, Abraham in the Old Testament was called the friend of God. We are called sons. Sons. What a step up. What a step up from even being buddies with Jesus to being a son. Being a son means you have a totally different thing. With friends come and go. Friends, you can, you know, for stuff, it's servants are accepted. You can be a servant and be in the house. You can be a servant and be in the house and you can do that and be accepted but you don't actually belong there. Friends can come to the house, they can do stuff, they can help around, they can wash the dishes, but they don't, they can be accepted in the house, friends are accepted in the house, but they don't belong. Full stop, do they? You can come have a sleepover, but you don't belong, you can't move in. Full stop. As a friend. We, we recently moved back, me and Rachel. We're living in the top room of my mum and dad's house. We belong because I'm a son. So we belong. We belong there. That's right, mum? <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what's Jesus' focus then? In that moment, he, he turns his focus away from everything else, from saying, if, I, if, if possible, take this cup from me, but not what I will, what you will. Where's his focus? What's he focusing on? What's he looking at? As I've thought about this and prayed about this, you know where he turns? To his friends. To the people. To you and I. So he knows he has to step out of this perfect relationship with the Father so that we can step in. He looks at the people around him. He looks ahead to you and me and knows, you know what? It's enough. It's okay. In Hebrews 12, 2, look to Jesus, the founder, author, and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. He looked ahead to, to you and me. He looked at the people. He looked to us and saw, you know what? If that makes them a son, if that makes them a son, I'll step out of this so you can step into it. And that's my only hope for you, is that you step into my place. I will lose it so you can have it because you need to step into what I have here. Because it's the best and I've had it forever. And it's worth losing so that you can have it and you can know it. Come on, man. Come on, man. Will we come on? I'm serious about this. <laughs> Because this is really, really important. It's flipping important. Holy Spirit, testify with our spirits. I'm trying here, but testify with our spirits that we are children of God, that we get to step into that, that we step into it and live as it. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. So here's, so here's the question. Here's the one now that, that you and I have to do. Because I've done all that I can to help you understand that you are a son, that you are a daughter. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will testify with your spirit that you are his child. But as we are good Christians, we want something to do. <laughs> because it's never enough to just be a son. <laughs> he actually is. Ignore that. It totally is enough. But I will give you something because I want to challenge you and I want to leave you thinking about something beyond just that thing of being a son. Understand that. Take that. Think about it. Look at some of, these, of the scriptures about what it is to be a son. Look at Romans 8. Just plow into Romans 8 and say, flipping heck, Romans 8. Man, 
So in the moment of pain, looking at losing his relationship with the father, he looks to people. He looks to people. His people. People that he'd shown them that they belonged. He'd shown them a home. He'd shown them a community. That's what he did with the disciples. He ate with them. He walked with them. He housed with them. He lived with them. He showed them we're a family. We belong together. But he wants that for all of us. He wants that for all of us, and he was willing to lose it so that we can have it. So my question to you then is, where are you losing your comfortableness to bring somebody in? If, you, if, we, were, if we were now sat in the garden thinking, oh, I don't want to do this, man. I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. I don't want to have to go see that person. They're just going to mither and be blur and complain about this, that, and the other, and yada, yada, yada. Where are you going to step into that? Get out of your own comfort. Get out of your own bed. Get out of your own comfortable situation to step into somebody else's life and say, you know what? There's actually a thing of sonship that you can step into that I'm in, and it's fantastic. And I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. I'm willing to step out of where I'm comfortable, of what I enjoy, I'll step out of it so that I can bring you into it with me. We have to do that. Please, get this whole talk in order. Know that you're accepted. It's vital. Vital. You are accepted here. As you are. 100%. You are... If you take hold of what Jesus did on the cross, you are accepted. You are made righteous. Whether you have been a Christian for a long, 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 long time and feel like you've got it all sorted now, you're still made righteous today. You weren't made righteous and then now you're also becoming righteous. No, no, no. You're made righteous, full stop. Know and understand that you belong with people. Find a tribe. Find a group of people. Plow into them. Put into their lives. Commit to them. Dedicate your lives to them. Find them. If they don't, yeah? Cost money? To be honest, to be honest with you, I can go and spend time with whoever I want and not spend a dime. It costs much more than money to 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 invest to invest in somebody's life. To, I'll, I'm happy to talk to you about it afterwards. Happy to talk to you about it afterwards. But it, it's 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 more than money. It's time. It's your life that you put in that you're pouring into people. And that's what matters. That's what people want. Yeah. That's, oh, thank you. Thank you for your question, though. Appreciate it. So know you are accepted, know that you belong, and bring other people along with you. And you can do that. You can bring other people along with you. And then, only once you've got that stuff, only once you've really looked at that, really asked God to show you that, asked the Holy Spirit to testify with your own spirit that truth. And, I, and believe me, if you pray that prayer, Holy Spirit, testify with my spirit that I am a child of God. He will testify telling you now and only then step out into someone else's mess to show them what you were shown 
Step out into somebody else's life. Show them. Get out of your comfort zone. Make your life about people. I'm telling myself this because I'm really not that great at it. Make your life about other people. Because there's no greater love than laying down our lives for others. Than laying down our lives as sons and daughters for others. To come to an understanding of the sonship that is theirs to enjoy as well as ours. It's about me. Let's pray. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in a bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of adoption, the spirit that produces sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come here tonight. I pray that you would have been here as I've been speaking and sharing. Holy Spirit, won't you come right now and testify with our spirits that we are your children. You're the only one that can do it. We cannot reason ourselves into understanding and knowing this. This is a heart connection that, Holy Spirit, we need you to come and do the deep work in our hearts that only you can do. And we trust you. We trust you that you will come and that you will testify with our spirits of who we are, of who we are in you, of who you've made us to be. The price that you paid for us. That we could always live in fellowship and community with you. That was your constant intention that we would be your children that we would know it and live as if we knew it and bring that understanding and bring that love to work to everybody else that we meet so we trust you tonight and we pray that that you would you would take all of this you would take this scripture it's Romans 8 14 to 16 and may we go and dwell on it and think on it and pray on it and trust you as we go through this week that you, would, that you would remove that, that spirit of slavery, that, that fear that so tries to entangle us, in, but that you would bring the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, and testify, testify with us that we are children. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.